welcome back to episode 25 of Queer Alien Blast. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, Sarah could not be with us. Uh, we miss her already, but we got our a beautiful, amazing sound editor, engineer, all of the above, um, Katie, to step in with us. Um, so today's episode, we're going to focus on the women of Roswell, New Mexico, which is a pretty broad topic. Um, this is probably going to be one of our longer episodes. Um, because there's a lot of even the minor characters I think deserve to to be discussed even just a little bit um so just sort of starting out general thoughts about the women of this season um I actually am super impressed with what we got in some ways in season two versus season one a lot more potential of interactions with female characters some were you know Liz didn't get to interact with anyone but, you know, Isabel, for example, being allowed to speak to other people and all these interactions. So I do think that it's going in the right direction for that, hopefully. I know when we talk, when we did our season one female ladies episode, we were like, was it, was season one actually female driven? Was it just female led because it's a female led show? And I, I do feel like season two is a lot more female driven. I do wish we got more dynamics like interaction between women um but yeah it was a lot a lot more than season one I guess it still felt really kind of siloed I think in the fact that so many of the women's storylines still revolved around men and it it was very much like (laughs) like a few of them you actually kind of took away some of their storylines in order to give like you know Maria's entire almost her entire storyline was revolved around Michael. And I think there's probably still a big opportunity there to kind of build them out and um, let them kind of breathe on their own a little bit more. But it, it does seem like it's headed in the right direction, at least. I think the problem, and I hate, you know, we don't want the podcast to turn into this sort of negative cesspool of always pointing out the problems. But I do think the, um, the same thing that we've said since day one is the, the telling and not showing us the relationships especially between these women um you know liz and maria you know maria and rosa all of these things that we're supposed to believe that they have these very close relationships and we're still just really not seeing them this i would say this season focused so much on isabel um in a lot of ways which i do love but i want to expand that and focus on other people and other relationships Um, so if we start with Liz, who is, you know, technically the main character, I think, although I could, you could make the argument that that's not necessarily true in season two. Um, I love the Liz of season two because she was a lot so flawed and so imperfect and so everything above, a lot more multifaceted than what we got in season one, I think, um, the lying her uh, really exploring her morality and what that means and what she's willing to do to get things you know where how far she's willing to go to get things done and so I think that we really got an interesting glimpse into Liz um I think both of you had written in your notes being able to see sort of scientist Liz even more um was such a great you know continuation of season one because I do think things like that in, in shows often fall by the wayside. They sort of set it up in season one and then you're, you, you just sort of allude to it and you, you start to lose it. But I really love at the end of season two that we got to see her 
um, really exploring what that means. It was nice at the end of the season that she actually started to kind of do things for herself for once, which I think you see throughout the show. She's constantly just doing things for other people or to make other people feel comfortable or, you know, this for Max or for Rosa or for dad or whoever. Um, and then towards the end of season two, you see her see a little bit, a little bit more selfish, which I think is actually a good thing for Liz. It's like, you know, you need to learn how to live for yourself a little bit more. So I think that was nice. And it was nice as well to see her kind of come into her expression of her anger a little bit more this season as well. So I loved seeing her like in her element. And I love, I love that she got to express how meaningful science is for her and what she does and what she studies is for her. Like the flashbacks that we got with Diego and like the scene into 13 in the finale um, when she fights with Max. When oh, they break up, basically. Beautiful. Oh, so good. And like just she says, it's part of her. And so it's really good that we saw it as such a big part of the season as well. Can we just talk as well about how Janine's acting popped off this season? Oh, just every she facial came, expression. She I came just, in and said, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> I rewatched that scene of, of her and um, Helena just this morning. Oh. And it's just the lipstick, the attitude, the tears and all of that. And I'm like, give this woman an award for this cheesy ass alien show on the CW. Like she really... Oh and the minute that she, Liz is in a scene, she just, you know, grabs all of the attention, no matter yeah. what she's doing, no matter how minor her part is in it. And m- most of that comes down to, I'm always watching what Janine's doing with her face. Yeah. And, and you can just see so much, um, you know, she can change the mood of a scene in, in, a, in an instant. And I think that is a part of maybe what makes echo kind of work as a ship even though i don't really care for max obviously um is that he's so stoic that you're like are you okay are you have you had an emotion lately you know sometimes um but it perfectly bounces off of of liz who's sort of always showing her emotion on her face and she really can't hide it so i that that is one thing that works for the two of them really well she also just has chemistry with everybody, right? That's like right? I have yeah. I've yet to see a scene with Liz in it where I haven't felt at least some sort of like relationship chemistry, whether that be romantic, friendship wise, or uh familial. Right. Yeah. Um the Liz and Rosa scenes are probably some of the best that we got this season in terms of female interaction. You really felt that sisterly bond between the two of them you know, the pain of her coming back and what it means and all of that. I mean, I could watch them all day long. They do, they, they really have figured out the essence of what it's like to be sisters and then have the roles of younger sister and older sister flip-flopped and that constant tension. Yeah, that was so interesting to see. Um, a bit confusing at times, um, but I mean, it's for us all. Um, but I love that. I love that they don't, um, they can basically have a perfect relationship because there's all this stuff between them. And I love 
that from Liz's point of view is also so complicated because she has Rosa back and she loves having Rosa back, but at the same time she lost Max. So there's also this kind of continuous feeling of should I be happy? Am I allowed to to be happy to have my sister back? Am I am I allowed to grieve at the same time? So that was so interesting and so well played, I think. Because imagine going all of a sudden going back <laughs> 10 years and the things that you fought with your siblings about when you were or, you know, however many years ago, or when you were a teenager, and then you've moved past that, and you've kind of dealt with all of those, and you're now, you know, a grown-ass adult, you know, Rosa coming back, she's not only coming back from the actual dead to a whole different world, but she still has teenage emotions, she still has the inability clearly to handle emotions, which is part of the reason that she has the addiction that she has, and so, and then Liz trying to, to grieve and be support for Rosa is, I don't even know how you would do both. I mean, I would, if I were Liz, I would be laying in a bed sleeping all the time. Like I would not mm-hmm. be able to deal with any of it. Um, and so I do, and I think Katie was in your notes about the shower scene of Liz oh, yeah. breaking down in the shower. And I think that that was so needed um, because I, it would have been very un- completely unbelievable if she was able to deal with all of the stress and you never saw a crack in that exterior but that was a really good moment of just liz losing her shit which is fair which i didn't think that was the one thing that we didn't get to see much of really because i think you saw her crying over his body which yeah very understandable but then after that she sort of compartmentalizes quite a lot um right so that that moment of her crying in the shower and i think this is the power of Janine's acting that I normally I would have been like, why are you wearing your clothes? Your clothes are all right. You're ruining your clothes. But Get out. she was just like incredible in that scene. And that was the one scene where you got to see her grief, like just punch you in the face. Right. Where for the rest of the scene, for the rest of the time where he was, he was effectually dead. She was, you know, she very quickly learned that there might be a way to save him. And so then she completely compartmentalized those emotions and, and kind of got down to business, which I think is a massive coping mechanism for her, but also hugely, um, like a huge, huge part of her character as well. Yeah. It's that running theme of sort of that logical and reasonable part of her brain, which is the reason that science works for her so well is the ability because i can't compartmentalize for shit i can't if i feel something about one thing it's going to bleed over into everything else like everything becomes a mess i don't even know how but it feels so realistic it, it doesn't feel like she's cold or doesn't know how to have emotions obviously she does but she does know that now is not the time to have this particular breakdown i have to be here for rosa or i have to do all of this and giving herself some room to have those moments of complete vulnerability i mean just some of the best acting of the entire season i do want to talk about it's not really in our outline or our notes but i um the liz and kyle stuff from this season Mm -hmm. was so first of all i love them together um (laughs) but i think kyle was such a good opportunity their interactions to see exactly how far liz will go to get things done that she wants or that she thinks need to be done. I mean, she essentially used Kyle and I don't think maliciously and I don't think it was a, Oh, I'm going to 
play up his feelings for me and, and get what I want. But I think it was a old reliable Kyle has been here since I came back and I know he'll do this for me. Um, and I, one of the best mic drop scenes of the entire show was Kyle being like, hell no, <laughs> boundaries. There, there are boundaries between us and there has to be. And I think that that was a moment of Liz kind of realizing you don't get to just plow forward and, and do whatever you want, that there are going to be some consequences. Yeah, I did love, well, it is in our notes to talk about flaws as a general topic, but um, I did like that. And I think this, the show has a problem sometimes with doing this. I did like that the problematic things that she did were posed as problematic i mean that she had someone tell her maybe it's not the best idea like with kyle kissing him and later on with the experiments on the alien dna and stuff um that doesn't mean that she necessarily changes her mind but the fact that she has someone tell her that it's maybe wrong or it's maybe like it's not the best head ethical thing to do um that poses like puts us as viewers in a position to say okay so you know that is that what you're writing is problematic because the show doesn't always do that kyle's been set up in a lot of ways to be her kind of the mirror that's let us see her as more of a human kind of character with a lot of flaws and and just has made her so rich um to watch which is another why I love Kyla's scenes because what a beautiful thing that they provide for one another. I mean, it's just, that's why they work so well. Um, and because every flaw that I find with Max and Liz, I see much improved when we're talking about Kyla and Liz. Like I said, I just I think it's just such a better version of a relationship for Liz. And I'm going to let it go one day because it's not going to happen. That's fine. I'll let it go. But it's you know frustrating. I think it is. Yeah. Sorry. I don't mean no. to interrupt. But I think I, when I was rewatching, I think I sort of figured it out. <laughs> well, for myself anyway, is that Kyle and Liz, like I said, Kyle's a bit of a mirror to her. So they, they have different morals, different things that drive them, different kind of um, flaws. Max and Liz have the exact same flaw set. That's true. Yes. Stubborn, they're stubborn. Yep. They're the hubris is out of control. When they put their mind to something and they think that they're right, there's no talking to them about it. Where I think it's like Kyle actually plays off of her a little bit and gets her to kind of um, see what she's even if she's not going to change, at least she can see what she's doing is fucked up, right? Right. Um, so I think that's why for for me anyway, it just feels more sustainable and it feels more real. Where like. Kyle or sorry Max and Liz like I'm I'm surprised they last this long already <laughs> you know I was not surprised when they broke up because the second they disagree fundamentally about something they're both so stubborn about it that yeah it was gonna it was gonna happen yeah it lasted so long because they were lying to each other basically um because like the moment that they found out that they were lying to each other then the fight start. The fight started to, hap- to happen, and I I do love their breakup scenes. I've talked about it before. It was great. It was amazing. As much as I think Max is a, just a giant wet blanket, um, 
for some reason that sort of wet blanket really works whenever you could feel that sort of passion between the two of them. Um, There, you know, the, that scene in the last episode is just so good. Most of it coming down to Liz, but you know, I'll give old Max, you know, some credit that in those scenes, he really comes through and you really sort of feel exactly what he's feeling. He comes through when he needs to, he looks like a statue every other time, but um, their breakup scenes are really good. And I forgot, completely forgot about the whole Max forgot who she was. They had a rom-com episode. Oh my God. A date and then <laughs> remembers at the end. Do you know what though? Max was actually more likable when he couldn't remember her. Like, you oh know, my weirdly. God. Yes. Yes. I know we're not talking about Max right now, but no. that episode he was more likable when he was trying to like win her I, like i think if you go back and listen to our recap episode after that one um i actually like complimented max that and then the one with H- helena where he's like ba- being liz's backup or whatever i'm like he's like adorable <laughs> and he's being like a good one what, what is happening like why am i defending max and then of course you know continues to be a douchebag it's totally fine it, it, you know all is right in the world but um that scene as weird as it is or that whole episode with kyle and liz was really it gets i i get why people love that ship i is i really do i mean their scenes are just so good all the time i i i get it it was nice that she got to explore these friendships with people that she's not typically paired with so like her and jenna that was probably one of the highlights of the season for me so good their dynamic is just so good and i think they have so much um kind of their personalities work well they have a lot of kind of shared experience and things like that and i i i want i could see them being best friends and like i would quite like to see a lot more of them um and then liz and isabel kind of i think liz and isabel while it was very nice to see them getting closer and i think it is a nice kind of like they're effectively sister-in-laws right so it's a nice kind of relationship to see um and isabel softening up and everything but i think they have a tendency to if they're both in agreement about something like going against max's wishes to to be brought back or going willy-nilly into arturo's mind things like that they they tend to disregard (laughs) anything else um there's no balancing there's no like uh, there's no voice of reason with the two of them whereas when it's kyle and liz you have that moral center voice of reason this is just two very stubborn women going forward and they're just feeding off of one another (laughs) right I think the problem that I saw with Liz's kind of friendships over the course of the season, and I understand that it's, it's probably just due to the amount of time that we have, but the ones that you've told me are the, the deepest or the most meaningful are, are nothing, (laughs) you know, she barely interacts with Maria. um, And when she does, it's often to the detriment of her friendship with Alex I find like she you know she'll she'll advocate on Maria's behalf to Michael and never even talk about Alex um she did that at the end of season one and she did it again in season two which is fine but you've set them up now as the three of them sort of triad of like friendships you know a friend and and what you're actually showing me is is that Alex really effectively doesn't really have anybody um, outside of Michael so I think um Liz's place in 
Michael and Maria's relationship has always been very confusing to me um, because she just sort of pops in to give her advice and say, you guys really need to do, you know, make this work or do this or whatever it may be, sort of like a sounding board for both of them, end of season one and beginning of season two. Um, and, but then she pops out, we never talk about it again. It's, what is it? It was weird. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just sort of, she's like relationship advice, but then she's never part of it and never sees any fallout of anything that she said or it, anything that's going on in their relationship. And it's so odd because again if there were more episodes you would find some filler of them just sort of having you know friendship time and discussing all of these and and but at this point it's just they could be strangers you could take away the maria and liz scenes um and it really wouldn't change much i don't think like you could if you easily... take away that that scene in i think the third episode of season one where they hug in the mm-hmm. pony, the three of them, or the the picnic bit with uh, Maria's mom as well, and then you take away the one scene in season two where they're all putting up flyers together. That's it. You would like think that the three of them have never met each other together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I also think, you know, in, in season one that they set it up because Liz was coming back and um, they hadn't really talked to each other in a long time. So it was this kind of relationship of people that you were very close to in high school or in school or whatever. And then you come back and you get close again. Right. Um, which is a very real adulty experience, I feel. But then in season two, what they were set up as was best friends. And then we didn't see them at all. Um, so yeah, it was really, really missing. Like, I think that is the one, Liz and Maria I'm talking about, uh, is the one relationship that I think, um, I miss the most in season two. It's gotten to a point now where I actually can't picture the three of them as, like, really good friends, because their characters are so different fundamentally at their core, um, and you haven't shown me a way to, to reconcile that. Yeah. I feel like Liz and Alex would be a good pair. Like the f- very few scenes that we have of them, they would be a very good pair. They, like I, th- I think they have similar qualities. Um, and then Maria is kind of like the fun friend, I guess. I don't, I don't really like that term, but I think that defines her well. But yeah, as a trio, I don't know. Yeah, well, now show I mean- me what it looks like. Yeah. Right. I mean, they would have to do a lot. Now you would have to go back and redo a foundation for that to work. Like if season three opened up and it was the three of them sitting at a table, I would be like, mm, is it though? Like as, uh, taking the threesome even out of it, even, even if, even if that hadn't happened, you're, you, you've now er- erased any foundation that you were starting in the beginning of season one. Like it's gone. They're not, and we people can make as many gift sets as they want and celebrate their friendship as much as they want. They've had no scenes together. They're not friends, actually. Um, so have them reconnect as adults and really explore that friendship. That's fine, but you would have to start over from from step one. Um, so next up, we'll 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 talk about Rosa. Um, so some of the same issues really. Um, I, I cannot remember which one of you put in your notes that she often functions as sort of the audience mouthpiece. Um, 
but I do very much think that that's her role in a lot of the way, you know, in a lot of ways, again, like we mentioned earlier, her having react, being able to react against what happened when they were teenagers, like actually having to being able to be angry at, at, you know, at Max or Isabel, or she never really got to be angry at Michael, but I, you know, I guess the assumption is that she was upset. Um, the vanilla mayonnaise white bread boyfriend scene. Um, just the best unmatched. Scene. Just, uh, just perfect. I've never, just but the, how self-aware Roswell is to know that that's what Max is is that did feel kind of good like okay you guys do see that he is he is like unseasoned chicken like i get it like that makes me feel really good um that it's you know but and she does i think a lot of because we have to fill her in on what's happening in the last 10 years and you know that she does become this sort of exposition dump of we can get all of this information to the audience through rosa um and I think Rosa is one of the most well-rounded characters in season two. Like there's definitely things that need to happen and they, places they need to go, but they really, I think did her very well. To your point, they do treat her like a narrative crutch sometimes yeah. to kind of uh, get a lot of information in without having to kind of demonstrate where that came into play. But having said that, she's also just, I talked about this a little bit in my notes, but she also just feels like the most human being of any of them in the fact that there were times where I found her unwatchable (laughs) because she was such a 19 year old, like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, whiny emo, like everything's about me and, and, you know, but then also she's 19, you know what I mean? So she's also very much like, you know, this 19 year old who's going through some shit and, um, God, it was just, I found her character so well-written. Yeah, absolutely. Imagine being a 30-year-old who's at, who, who, in a 30-year-old body, kind of, or 30 on paper or whatever, and you still have those emotions that you had when you were 19, when you are, no matter who you are, annoying as fuck. I was a all monster annoying at 19. 19. <laughs> if you, and I know, Mick, that wasn't that long ago for you, but I promise you, you were, you were just as annoying when you were 19. We all were. It was awful. Um, so yeah, absolutely. There were times where I was like, Rosa, come on. But I do have to remember that she's not an adult yeah. in that way. Because even if 19, even if you consider that to be an adult, she's 19 with that gap and with all of that emotional, you know, the, the stunting that happened from her being dead or whatever. I mean, there's a lot going on. So it's like, I feel like she's almost like going through puberty again and poor, yeah. poor sweet Rosa. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that the the kind of age gap is very clear because we do see her only interact with actual adults. I mean, the rest of the group of the cast is in their almost 30s. Can we just um, take a quick diversion into how dare you give me almost Rosa getting like a girlfriend and then take it away? Right? (laughs) How dare you? I was like, she was cute. She was artsy. Every and then oh this no it's an OD fever dream how dare you if she, Rosa doesn't get a 19 year old cute girlfriend next season it's over it's over party because we you know and we've talked about it before about you know giving Rosa a romantic storyline <laughs> would be very tough because it's not like she can date a fellow 30 year old because that's weird <laughs> but you know sometimes I wonder like night you know 
does it even matter what age she is on paper? She is essentially 19 and it doesn't really matter anything else. Um, but now that she's addressing some of the things, the issues that she has with her mother and her addiction and her dad and Liz and all of that, I think that it, now it's more, much more feasible to have her have a romantic storyline. Um, I don't want it to be with Wyatt. Oh. I don't want it to be, which is one of the fan theories of season three. No, 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 no. Because the actor that plays Wyatt put something on Twitter about Wyatt's journey in season three. Now, we don't journey know if that prison moon? to the moon. Um, I don't know what that means. You know, that could just be, of course, fandom just blowing that completely out of proportion. But someone brought up the idea that... Um, what if that means like a redemption and he's with Rosa? And I was like, surely to God, surely to God, that's not what the show would do. And I don't think so, but it was very interesting to have that, you know, about, Oh, that's, you know, Rosa got to sort of experience the racism in Roswell and really talk about it. And what if she, you know, I'm like, Rosa's not there to fix the racists in town. That's not her job. Um, So we're just going to say that that's not happening. Fuck that. Yeah. Though to like to connect to that point about the racism, um, I don't want them to do that either. But um, I do think that they did a very good job this season with portraying that. Like I do think that they did a very good job with both Rosa and Liz. Um, in a different ways, like they have, though they're sisters, they have all different experiences. Um, and with Rosa, it was very interesting to see that. You know, at at first she didn't know that um, they put her in the in the driver's seat, so um, she didn't know that everybody hated her basically in the town. Um, so it was very interesting to see to realize what the town was like ten years later um, and what had happened. And I think it was very interesting where she said um, um, that she felt like a ghost. Um, in that town well and we also exactly we also have to remember i have to remember she died mere months before bush was still president you know barack obama was on his run um, for president it was this historic thing where you know race has always been you know a major topic in the united states it's not like it's new now but specifically dying right before barack obama you know breaks you know history And then you wake up and Trump's president. And not only is Trump president, but you have this huge conversation that's been going on for years about building walls and, you know, um, undocumented immigrants. And, oh, it looked like the, you know, the the person of color is the one that killed white girls in a car. And you have all of this, um, oh, because they're here undocumented, of course they're criminals and all of these things. And it's like, I can't imagine that culture shock of that's what you wake up to, to find that you've been at the center of this narrative for 10 years, that you've been the villain for that long. How do you ever deal with that? How do you ever, because it's not like she can come out to the town and say, look, I'm alive. And you know, I I wasn't the one driving and here's all this other aliens. Ah, It's not like she can do any of that. She just has to live and exist with knowing that people hate her and her family and what she represents and there's nothing she can really do about it at this moment i can't even imagine truly i mean obviously i can't i'm you know a white person but i just i i I have no idea and i do kind of love that 
the way that they handled that it as deep as we're ever going to get in roswell that scene of amber at the grave um where she sees murderer and then she looks up on the phone and Wyatt Long talking about build the wall and whatever else her grief in that moment her panic in that moment is like yeah she for a newcomer who like a lot of the time her scenes are revolved around her being a little bit bratty at that time anyway right um that was a real like okay this girl can hang like that was a that was a very well acted scene absolutely um and she really there's had multiple scenes like that like you know any of her addiction storylines um any any time because i think a lot of times with especially with new actors on a cw show their acting can sort of be uneven which is perfectly normal and it it is that way for everyone but when she really needed to pull out the big gun she did every time like you know the with you know helena and burning the car and all of that she really really came through every time you really feel it in a different way that you feel it from liz and janine because you have that with janine you can tell that she's experienced and good at her job with Amber playing Rosa, it feels much more raw and, uh, you know, from, from just the heart because she is, you know, a little bit more new to acting and all of that. So it's a whole different level of vulnerability that I really like. Um, Which fits the character well, I think. Oh, absolutely. If you feel her 19 year old sort of angst and pain and all of that, she does that very, very well. I think we obviously can't talk about Rosa without talking about the storyline of her addiction and her mental illness that was never really brought up again. We don't really know what that means or if she even is mentally ill. I mean, my assumption is yes, but they, other than Liz bringing it up, I don't think that they talked about it again in season two. Unless I'm Liz kind of diagnosing her. That was yeah. Kind of alluding little... to things. Um, her addiction i think we can all agree was getting a little the addiction storyline was getting a little repetitive towards the end you know the constant which i know is normal like relapsing and all of that but in a 13 episode season it's hard to keep showing the relapsing after every episode but i like how they talked about it in the end you know and and actually going to get help that was a really i'm glad that they did that even if she did break i'm a little bit um And again, it's the nature of you're limited by 13 episodes, but it would have been nice to see a little bit more of the kind of addict presenting like lying, hiding things. How do you, how do you navigate hiding this from Liz for so long? And really sometimes it felt like the only, the only insight that we ever saw to her addiction was when she was absolutely either trashed, OD'd, like we never saw the kind of little moments of addiction throughout the day kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've never thought of that, actually. That's a good point. Um, I do like that they moved on to, like, going to rehab and all of this stuff by the end. And I do like that, though she does break out, she also has the maturity at the end of the season to say, I want to go back. I cannot, like, she says to Liz, I cannot go to California with you. I want to go back to to rehab and see the, the program through, I think she says. And then I do like that she has this kind of um, dilemma of, is this my legacy from my mom, my, my, men- my mental illness and my addiction? Is this what I have left from my mom? Because Helena has the same problems, I guess. Um, I think, you know, it's easy to forget because Liz is so successful 
that you can kind of think, well, you know, Helena did all of this damage, but Liz turned out fine in most ways. She went on and did something and, and made something of herself. But if you really think about it, now we really get to see the effects of that more so with Rosa. And really imagine... You're having a parent who genuinely just doesn't like you. Yeah, I do like that we got um, that Rosa got closure with her mom at the end of the season, and she got to say, you know, she, that she she did love, she does love her mom, but she still she cannot forgive her, you know, um, and that and there's just her, her mom had such an effect on both of them really because we did get to see the effect that she had on, on both um, daughters. When you talk about Liz, it's been tempered because she's had all these years yeah. with it versus Rosa, who for all intents and purposes is, is again, 19 and still in the midst of feeling all of those emotions about her mother. There hasn't been a 10 year sort of buffer between her and all of the things that happened when they were younger. I also just love that they let Helena be like, not get redeemed. Like she just, yeah. I was really worried. I that kind they were of do love this, that. Yeah. yeah, this thing at the end where they forgive her, and it's all—it's no. like, yeah, they're gonna go their separate ways, but it's okay, and they understand or whatever. I love that they let it stay. No, as because she's she's just she a shitty person. Yeah, she sucks as a mother. She should had no, you know, a terrible mother, terrible wife, and that's just and that, and some people and and oh again the reason that i love that she wasn't redeemed is that some women are just like that they're just they're shit mothers they're shit wives they're shit humans and that's okay again you don't have to always show women as this sort of moral center always making the correct choice sacrificing everything for their children while yes there are lots of women like that there are equally just as many women who don't do that and who make terrible decisions for their children and it's okay to show that range of female experience. It's okay. Yeah. And I think as a side note, uh, but connecting to that, is that they get to do that, I think, because they have the opposite side of the spectrum as well on the show. Right, right, right. So they have, like, Nora and Louise who have this big-ass sacrifice, and Mimi as well to a certain extent, you know? Um, so that they get to have this kind of um, spectrum of experiences because you, that's not the only kind of woman that you show. That If that had been the case, I would have been kind of like, eh. Right. The only other note I have about Rosa is what happened to Rosa and Kyle? What happened oh, to yeah. her brother and sister? What happened? He literally says, and I quote, I won't waste this opportunity. Well, well so much for that. You did. <laughs> You did because they they and, spoke what episode one or two, one and two or whatever, and then not again until the and the, they and, kept they kept presenting it as if if you need help, you know, me and Kyle can find you something, or me and Kyle like we can we can. They kept presenting it as this like family unit, and it's like you what they never spoke. <laughs> Literally, he wasn't a part of her journey. He, no, they had nothing. They have no other than being. So now that we know that they're related, that doesn't that doesn't mean a fucking thing. It doesn't matter if you're blood related. That's the whole point of the show. That it doesn't matter that you're blood related. You you make something from it. So you can't rely on blood relation to mean anything. Like okay, they, I think that's why as well. I was so frustrated with Steph as a character because I think every single part 
of Steph as a character took away from his ability to have a relationship with Rosa. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Kyle and, and Rosa should have been his primary relationship for that season. Yeah. Of course, that was the whole point, right? It was this big major thing that he learned in season one, and it was going to be this, you know, really life-changing, giving him a chance to really, who gets a new chance to get to know their sister, you know, all this. And, and it could have been a, always this really good dynamic of Liz, Kyle, and Rosa, and, you know, just could have been funny, but also heartfelt. But no, you stuck him in a hospital with someone that I still am convinced is a ghost. I, I, I don't, I don't understand. So that was, that's probably the biggest failing for Rosa. The fact that she, no Rosa and Maria, mm-hmm. no Ro- and no Rosa and Kyle, and no Rosa and Michael. Those three really irritate the shit out of me. So let's talk about Isabel. Isabel, we got to see a whole new side of her, not just her sexuality but now life without noah starting over new powers new everything um and in some ways that worked very well and in other ways it did not um i do overall isabel remains one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. um partly because um lily's acting and talk about someone who again you know micro facial expressions and all of those things like it's, it's fascinating to watch the whole season and i can't wait to see what they do with her but the big problem for me in season two is always going to be now granted it was only a couple episodes but is always going to be the abortion storyline um i think it did no one any favors i don't think it did what they intended for it to do i think it's offensive to me that not only Isabel was literally just fine right afterwards. She nearly died. She nearly killed herself. And then she was totally fine right afterwards. Um, what is that? How? Talk about using something for the shock value when there's yeah, no fallout from it. Purely shock value. Oh, yeah. It was purely shock value and then to traumatize her more because it was it was, oh, you thought you were done with Noah? Just kidding. So it was literally just to to throw a grenade on her recovery, and then it was never talked about again. Which you can't... Except, the only time it was talked about was in relation to Max. To Max. Or Michael, yeah. Or Michael, you know. But, so, there was no emotional fallout for her. There was no uh, coming to terms with it. No, you know, sort of inner conversations about what anything it was just now how do we use this deeply personal storyline that is the one of the most important ones you can have on a show and you made it about the cheap shock value and you made it all about men which you do not have to show her being being devastated by it i that's not what i would have wanted but what i really truly would have wanted was for her to have this moment of just absolute emotional release to say i just feel free and i right i very much happy with my decision absolutely i don't want her to regret it or you know be no not by any means but to have her turn around and because wasn't the next episode the one where she was weirdly sunny the whole episode and like weirdly happy and she was like laughing and smiling in this really kind of maniacal way about you know Arturo and all of that 
that's a weird reaction to have no matter if you're glad that you did it I'm, and she i'm sure that she is you know and that she it was a choice that she made a difficult one but she made the best one for herself there is still going to be an emotional consequence good or bad or some sort of something um so that's that's what cheapened it for me and not only it's sort of yeah the whole abortion storyline speaks to i think a bigger issue with isabel's storyline throughout the season which was you couldn't pick a storyline you you had her in the first little bit it was her kind of her struggle with the fact that you know max was her person but she wasn't necessarily max's person and so she's feeling very unmoored and there's nobody who's like picking her for genuine reasons right and then you go into this kind of weird weird middle bit of she's trying to find her purpose and so she's helping arturo and and it's just very bizarre for her character and then you go to the end and you start to get into her kind of searching for her background and her where did she come from and where is she going and all that kind of stuff it just felt very disjointed it felt like you couldn't choose what you wanted to do with isabel so you just did everything Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and by doing that you never gave one storyline the, the attention and the time it deserved i yeah. live and die by the fact that her bringing up ooh, the one thing that pisses me off is her bringing up in the episode um the problem with trying to get an abortion in new mexico and arizona and the surprise in the surrounding areas because it is difficult and that is a huge huge so so imagine and i, I think i said it in the recap episode imagine her having to travel to get this abortion not doing it at home which is what kills women constantly um but the problems with trying to find a place or whatever it may be but then why not have a a, i don't know an an arc that is always in the background of her trying to i don't know fund some sort of clinic for abuse survivors something there there is something that could be done there that that they could instead of it just being this one episode where you bring up this topic that you're clearly using as an exposition dump at us to say oh isn't it shitty how they treat women in new mexico yes it is so what's the solution yeah so you had her give herself a home abortion which is for a lot of women the only option they have in new mexico but then you showed no physical side effects, no after effects, no anything wildly off the mark of what the point of that was. There could have, something could have actually been used to make a real political statement. That's, this was clickbait, essentially. Um, I do want to say a thing that I do, I did find good about those scenes, um, and that, that episode, I guess, is the way she copes with having the abortion or poisoning herself i guess with the serum or whatever um that she imagines having max there i do i did find very that very sweet um i found that weird as hell and i don't know why (laughs) i don't know why i found that so weird because it's not weird but for some reason it felt it felt weird i don't know i I, and no one can explain to me it's probably something in my brain but i i it was their conversation was good but the entire time i was thinking why is it max i don't know i don't or what is this it's it was just weird for me i don't know why didn't care about the max thing so like it was i mean he was a plot device at that point right Right. but i just the thing that was always struck me as weird is that maria knew and they just never talked about it like i understand that they were sort of at that point they were still butting heads quite a bit but they had a genuine moment of like feeling when they were doing that weird scream yoga class and then 
and Maria knew that this was happening. She says later on, like she, she was aware of it and she could feel Isabel's like emotional kind of distress about it. And you just never talked about so it. So where were, what, yeah, like, where was that? Where was the potential for that? That could have been really, that could have even, hell, Maria could have even been there. And it mm-hmm. could have been the start of that leading into Maria and Isabel being technically family or being related. That could have been the start of it. Um, but instead, I, I, it's the it's the her being alone for me. Like it's the which I again I guess their point is that that could be realistic. But you're telling me this like affluent white woman who lives in new mexico has no other options and doesn't have a support system we know that that's not true um but moving on from that because i feel like you just keep talking about that forever um um isabel's sexuality which is fantastic wonderful super excited to see where that goes we kind of already have some um confirmation that she will date a female in season three if that is continues to be the case now that Karina's gone, um, I don't know what has changed now that there's a new, not a new showrunner, but you know, down one. Um, you know, Isabel slept with a woman that looks just like her. That's the most. That is the best thing. <laughs> it's the most Isabel thing you could ever ever ask for. Is of course she did. Like I, I'm not even a little bit shocked. I kind of love it. She couldn't have slept with anyone else. It had to be Blair. It was just so perfect. Um, the one thing, I think we all agree on it. I mean, um, I just want more. And I, and I, I, I do believe that we will get it in season three. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. Um, I do wish they, they dealt with it like a little in a deeper way and i guess i i hope we will in season three see that um yeah i don't want just the cheers yeah it was a cute moment great but again i'll say it again if my sister had just come out after almost 30 years of presumably only being with men i think it would warrant more than a welcome to the party beer clink you know there's got to be more to it and i do think that we will get a lot more. Um, and is that me being naive? Absolutely. And what I'm going to get out of season three, but I would imagine when she actually meets a character that is going to be around longer than just the one episode that actually is going to be a romantic interest, that there will be more discussions about her sexuality and if she's, if they're going to let her define it or, you know, it'll be wild to have two characters say, you know, I'm bisexual. So I don't know what they would do. I'm okay with almost any direction they take with Isabel. I think that Lily's Lily tends to have chemistry with almost everybody. Oh, again, sort of like a Janine. Um, And I, I think, I mean, I would like to see a little bit more serious. I didn't mind like you, Mick. I didn't really mind the way that they introduced it. It's just that, I don't mind the way that they introduced it if we're go- on the, on right, the yeah, assumption that exactly, we're going to get right. more later on, right? Um, That's not it, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I, what I don't want is for her to lose the kind of friendships that she's built before, just for the sake of kind of her having time to build a relationship with somebody. Right. Um, like Kyle. Mm-hmm. I, I could, could watch a buddy cop comedy of her and Kyle for like hours. You, you know, no, I, I genuinely want them to develop like a really good friendship 
between the two of them. I could see them being romantic. I understand that that's not where they're going at this moment in time, but um, I'd be okay with that as well. But I, I just think it's like, whatever it's going to be, let the ghost of Noah that's hanging over her die and let her have some happiness in a relationship. Yeah. Because I think um, Isabel and Kyle work, as you said earlier, the reason that that works so well is also that it's similar to Kyle and Liz um, of he could very easily, God, just imagine a comedic episode where he's having to deal with her Karen tendencies, right? Like her sort of plowing through and making these decisions and really sort of taking over because if anybody walks into a room and fucking takes over, it's Isabel um and i would love to see him reacting to that or or bringing her back to earth and being that sort of center for her in the way that he is for liz i think that would work oh, so well i don't personally want them or care necessarily if they're romantic at all um but absolutely any sort of friendship that they could ever develop between the two of them would immediately be successful. Just the way that they are, they play off together so well. The very few scenes we've had of the two of them, so fucking good. So good. Yeah, though to that point, I, I do think, I do genuinely believe that Isabel was one of the female characters that got to interact with a lot of the other characters. Like she, I think she's the, the one character that benefited the most from having new dynamics and new friendships. I, I kind of like everyone that she interacted with in this season is one that I've been waiting for and it worked out really well. I still would like Isabel and Alex to actually have oh. some sort of friendship. Um, it, to me, it doesn't really make any sense that she's, you know, known about them and knows about Michael and all of that. And they still haven't really had a, they've had one scene, um, the marry the ketchup scene or whatever. Um, yeah. So it's certainly not enough, um, but I am, even even as problematic as Isabel and Rosa are, which they are, um, maybe having Isabel punch Rosa wasn't the best way to go about having them have a friendship this season, yeah. but... Um, but even their dynamic, uh, I do love when, you know, Isabel comes to see her at the rehab center or whatever. I mean, I really do. I do like their dynamic. It just sort of depends on... If, if they can ever get that the, the power dynamic worked out if they can ever sort of yeah. figure out where they exist with one another um if isabel would stop <laughs> using her powers in manipulative ways mm -hmm. and actually learn something then maybe their relationship could move past and, and be friends i am firmly against isabel and rosa ever having a romantic relationship i know that that's yeah. something that lots of people want and I have no problem with that being something that people want. It was, it's not something I'm ever interested in. Cause I don't think you could ever get to that point with the two of them where you could erase that history or that imbalance enough for romantic. Certainly. I also just don't think their characters work very no. well romantically together. Right. Like their no, characterizations yeah. are not the right kind of chemistry for a romantic relationship. Not at all. Very much more of an older sister. Yeah. older friend you know that sort of teasing mentality they have with one another i think works really really well um isabel and maria man that was a good ship that was a good ship for uh, the whole season and a half we got it you know we could have um, had it all we could have had it all like Just literally think about the enemies to lovers we we were so close 
could have they're constantly the constant bickering but knowing that they love one another like imagine what we could have had um but what we have is them being related (laughs) which what why on a show again where it doesn't matter if you're related what why is everyone related to everyone why is everyone a valenti or an alien or what why you didn't there was no need for it i don't understand you could have you could have had maria's grandmother have connections through the res and have her have known louise and like there could have been a connection back then right without having to make them literally related but anyway i do very much love their dynamic and i'm so excited to see more of them as as because i feel like isabel really kind of gave maria the the confidence to and we'll talk about it, but the confidence to kind of go ahead and explore her, her powers a little bit more and, and choose what she wanted to do as opposed to what Michael really wanted her to do, right? Um, and I just think that they they tend to do that for each other as much as they kind of butt heads. A lot of the time they give each other the confidence to do certain things and the right. understanding, the the um, space and understanding to uh, to know that somebody else is kind of even if even if not your best friend at least understands you and is on your side kind of thing so that dynamic is one that i really look forward to anytime it's on the screen i agree they they play off each other very very well um you know transitioning from always thinking them in terms of like romantic ships to like family is going to be really interesting but i think i think honestly that might be one of the main relationships in season three is them sort of um learning to coexist with one another when they're both stubborn in very different ways and they have all this history of of you know acrimony and um you know as long as they don't lose that sort of bickering banter i will be happy with almost anything they do with them just keep that forever yeah i would like to see them keep that banter but like make it a little less cruel i guess um, like a little more in a like a sibling kind of way than not in an actual like oh like it's about being a mean girl kind of way yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. no no yeah absolutely I think it could be that sort of the the loving sort of banter like we had with Michael and Maria but pre yeah. Myluka that's the kind of banter that I would want them to do where it's it's not yeah, really definitely. hurtful um, but it's more you know like just rolling their eyes at each other all the time like I think that would totally. be really really good yeah um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think lastly, it's really important we talk about, and we've hinted about it, is Isabel's powers and her continuing to use them against people's wishes to get in their mind. Arturo, Mimi, all of them. I mean, just keeps doing it and doesn't get the permission of the person that she's invading. She gets other people's permission. Like it's there. Liz can't give you permission to fuck with Arturo. And Maria can't give you permission to get in Mimi's mind. That's not how it works. Um, much like the Michael's hand and Max situation, I don't know if they see it. I, I can't tell. I can't tell if they can see how bad it is that she keeps doing this. Yes, it's for good purposes, but who gets to decide that? Yeah, that was what I was talking about earlier with uh, with Liz and the show being aware of her being problematic in certain um, parts of the, the season. And I don't think that with Isabel that's the case because they do present these things and then they say oh no actually it's a good thing like she she does mind metal arturo but 
actually it's a good thing because she tells him it's a miracle and he gets to be reunited with rosa how is that good and um and also i i really like to go back to a little bit to rosa and that dynamic is i i do really hate the way the the attitudes that Izo has towards rosa and how flippant that that is at times um and i do really believe that that dynamic benefits Isabel more than Rosa like Rosa didn't really have get to have that closure with Isabel I mean it wasn't Isabel's fault it was Noah's fault but still it was Isabel's body and she didn't really get that moment to be scared or like have a moment about that I guess so yeah right I think that one of the most difficult scenes for me to watch in the entire season um was that and we talked about it a little bit with uh with liz but that scene where she just decided that max's wishes didn't matter and and her and liz made a decision for him and max was standing there saying i know she's gonna do this so it's fundamentally a part of her personality to say like no i know better than you and about your own life or death like you know, none of us are the biggest fans of Max, but he, at the end of the day, is he has person. autonomy. He gets to make he that d- choice. He deserves the right to medical medical self defense. So if he does not want something to happen, you should have listened to him. Um, so that was a really difficult scene to watch, and I just think the absolute kind of the missed opportunity to have Max confront the two of them about that, and then for them to then bring up what he had done to Michael, like that would have been a very cyclical way to close off both of those storylines yeah, and address consent in a meaningful way for one goddamn time on the show. But you know, nope. we can't have it all. Um, I think when it comes to Isabel, because and, and Liz does it too, but specifically with Isabel, it's hard for me when I watch it because I just want to shake her and say, you are every privileged white suburban mom in america and you're acting like it and and i know we overuse now the karen thing but she really is one well-meaning leftist white suburban mom who talks over people of color who invades spaces that aren't made for her and never stops to think about the consequences of her behavior that's all very cringy because it's so familiar because i know lots and lots of white women who are exactly like that um is that the point i'd have no idea um i i I really don't know what they're going to do with it or if that's ever if she's ever going to face a consequence i really truly don't know i hope so i hope all of these ideas about consent and all of these things that she does if are we going to have a larger conversation there's so many conversations roswell needs to have if it's going to be a political show then you you can't wade in the the shallow like we got to talk about the fact that you've got cops one of your main characters is a cop we've got to talk about this sort of white privilege female when we're talking about isabel because we've been having this conversation for years about white women in this country and who they vote for and what they do and all of these things you're going to be a political show then we've got to talk about them it's a very much going on right now so it's it's both what makes Isabel endearing but also you know it's cringy sometimes yeah and I think like in a very similar way to Max in a way I think you know in a certain times it's clear that they're aware 
of the kind of character that they're writing and they're pri- and that they are aware of their privilege and how they're depicting them but they don't actually make it clear that they think it's like this kind of behavior is problematic because the, then they get away with it so it's like okay so if that was a problem then why didn't you make it a problem um, so yeah it's very frustrating in that in that in that way All right, so next up is talking about Maria, uh, which we've done quite a bit already. I think we've um, really kind of talked a little bit in in some detail of all the things that we were going to talk about anyway. um, This was meant to be. I remember vaguely maybe Karina saying that season two was about Maria and her journey and more about her and she was going to be more of a main character. Where? Where did that happen? I don't know what she was still a plot device for michael and malik's that's in a lot of ways in most ways in most um we still very little interaction with her friends we did have some maria and isabel which was nice but i mean they even god they even had her make that um presentation about her business and then she was gone she was out of town for the event that she was having the the business meeting about like it it literally made no sense why would she be advocating for one thing and then she's not even in the episode with the event it's it's little things like that because the thing is i love maria and mimi scenes Uh, they work really well as mother and daughter i don't i i gun to my head could not tell you what mimi's purpose is right now i don't i'm not understanding something about boots and her and Helena end up no, you know, talk. At, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Um, so, and, and is Maria an alien? I have no idea. I, I don't know any of it. Like none of it really makes any sense. And I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like hand wavy science. I don't, I don't know how, you know, but so Maria, everything about Maria so far has been very confusing and very convoluted and where, mm-hmm. what does she do? What's happening? Yeah. Where does she really and, fit in? I'm not sure yet. Yeah, and like guys, everyone listening, I actually rewatched this season for the first time for this episode. And I still have no idea about Maria's family family history. Which is frustrating for me because I find it extremely interesting. And I think that would be such a good way to develop her as a character. But then like first she has the powers, and we know she has the powers. That's not a problem. I understand that. But then Kyle runs the tests, and she's not an alien, but then she's related to them. So what the fuck? Was Kyle just wrong? What, what happened? Like, I have no idea what's going on. The problem for me as well is if you're looking at the most narratively rich storylines, you've got probably... Liz um, developing whatever it is scientifically that she's working on the regenerative medicine. I think that is a huge Mm -hmm. storyline that you should dig the shit out of. Alex and Michael are Mm -hmm. hands down the strongest narrative relationship on the show. Mm -hmm. Maria's history past where she's going, her powers is huge potential Mm -hmm. and you're just wasting it on being vague and not making up your mind about what you want to do. Like, her tying in with her grandmother and her powers and, and actually maybe being psychic um, 
for me anyway is is I'll never be uh, over the fact that you're just wasting this. No, I know. Because it's such a good... There's so much there talking about just their family history in general and like race. And then you're talking about the fact that it's, you know, aliens and all of this. There's so much. There's generations of things that you could talk about. And instead what you're doing is setting Maria up to be part of this weird triangle that doesn't isn't actually a triangle and makes no sense which is really just bringing her characterization down and bringing it it doesn't uh, what a cheap way to to have maria included when you have all of this um it could be you know maria and isabel are very close in the next season and they really explore their their history and their family history that would be fantastic i just don't want to get my hopes up (laughs) for for me personally having her being related to the aliens was also very cheap. Like, I feel like personally, it would have been very interesting to explore the experiments potential of it um, and how that would have, like you said, tied in with her race and what she does bring up actually in the scenes. Um, And then they tell you, no, actually she's related to the other one and... It's all a big love family and, and just, and I kind of like, okay, I like their relationship, but it's not that interesting anymore. I mean, it's all one big thing. Like, I get that you have to tie in plots with one another, but if it's all the same one, it's not interesting. Like, her, that scene of her anger and her grief at her grandmother having been experimented on, if you had then taken that and let her and Alex together like burn down all the Caulfield bullshit from the inside out, like take down all these people and you can protect the aliens. You can just expose the things where it was the U S government experimenting on black folks in the, like, you know what I mean? If you had let her do that, you could narratively tie in Alex and bring down Caulfield and his dad and everybody um, bring their, their friendship back up to where you have told us it is. Um, and explored this huge, huge uh, storyline for her and let her be her own person outside of like some driving somebody else's storyline forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should just count ourselves lucky that Roswell, New Mexico didn't make Maria and Michael related. So, I mean, we're asking. <laughs> I mean, we're asking. They were pretty close. They were pretty close. <laughs> we're asking a lot here. But no, I, Katie, still- I, completely, I, I completely agree with you because it's, again, it feels like you're bringing up this they're bringing up this huge topic talking about Tuskegee and all the history of um, scientific, you know, um, experiments on black bodies, especially, which obviously they wouldn't have known that. And then now we're talking about with coronavirus vaccine, we're like what a timely conversation that we're having now about that. Um, and it, you're, they're bringing up this huge, long drawn out, very controversial topic for just a second. And then tossing it. And it's, again, it's just, is that shock value? Is it, oh, well, we have to show, like, how politically aware we are. And it's like, or do something It was less than a minute she talked about it for. Like, it Mm -hmm. was, it was so underserviced. Yep. Like, you know what it is? It almost feels like Roswell is almost, it's so close to making these big realizations 
and like really like so close that you're just like almost to that and then they pull back and they're just like edging us constantly like never <laughs> getting to have full like release it's constantly like getting to that point of oh oh they're really about to make a really really oh nope 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 we're back nope. to square one they, they pulled a cw yeah right just yeah. always and i think that's the most irritating irritating thing is that there's all the the name of this po- podcast could just be wasted potential yeah um and and again we presumably have i would imagine at least three more seasons um to to do some of this it's not you know we it's not like the show's canceled and we're you know oh what could have what could have we had we could still have these things we just have to hope that a different showrunner or missing one showrunner maybe makes a difference yeah i do hope that going forward we we will not have the same um recipe i guess for maria um that they will now that she is tied in with the rest of the cast a little bit better um because i do realize that like with season one she was kind of the one left out from the rest of the cast right um she was the one looking from the outside in um but now that she is aware of all the you know alieny stuff um and actually has powers herself which I don't know how I feel about. I'm not that sure that I like that she wants to fry her brain, but that's her decision. I'm I'm glad that they made clear that it's her decision. Right. She she's making a decision. I you yeah. know, hey, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, that's great. I'm I'm not sure I like that she's making that decision, but yeah. right, right. up to her. Um so I will I I do hope that it will define kind of an arc for her, like have something clear in mind for what you want to do with her and just stick to it and don't change it halfway through the season just i mean think about on paper what we're talking a character that we're talking about right now and how badass does she sound you know um one of very few black people in town who is a successful business owner who's also caring for her you know her mother um all of these things i mean she's now has alien powers and is probably a psychic and all of this and it's so good and yet when you watch her scenes they're so quick it's over it doesn't really mean much they really made her the villain in 206 and i absolutely mm-hmm. will not take criticism on that because it's true even even the actress herself talked about the motivate maria's motivations for 206 and they were not good even if that wasn't the intention it was just a big ball of miscommunication with the writers and the actors and all of this the scene after the the threesome shows that it was not a good thing and it was and it wasn't done for the best it was done as a testing michael and his sexuality and their relationship and it was gross and and there was no reason to have maria do that there was no reason i've become a lot less angry about that scene oh i mean i've had a long time to think about it but um and i'm still i still don't like it i still won't watch it i still think it's messed up but I think I also, there's an understanding, I think, that I've gained now to suggest that all of them were being selfish in that moment. She was being selfish because she was, oh, like yeah. you said, testing Michael. Michael and Alex were using that as an opportunity to have their last kind of go, right? Right. So course. I think Absolutely. They, all, they all had their kind of individual motivation for that scene. So I'm a lot less... I think I was very angry when it, yeah. when it came out. And I think I, I literally saw it with blinders on to say how dare you test a bisexual man like that's right so and that right 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 
but time and 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 understanding that I, I now I can vaguely understand that they just went through this a completely pointless horror story plot that literally did nothing for the story except to have a famous CW famous um, person come in. But I can understand it in a way that I probably couldn't a year ago. Like I get, I still think it was pointless. I still think um, there's i still think what they did with alex's sexuality is problematic and all of that you know i I certainly i don't think i'll ever really watch it again but i don't have the seething anger that i had for a really long time um i still think it just did maria the most damage out of everyone Mm -hmm. um and i still think putting a black woman in that position was irresponsible um especially on the tales of how they have really set up her character since day one anyway so they've really failed her over and over again and I think failed her now. And and I know that that wasn't the intention, but that is for me personally how it came, came, how it yeah, came out. Yeah, totally. I don't want this to turn into, we've talked positively about every woman except for we get to Maria and we talk nothing but negative about her. And I don't want, I don't think that's what we're doing, but I want to clarify that it's, Maria, I think, has the potential to be a great character and the potential to do a lot on the show. But I think they have, the show has left her behind in a lot of ways that they haven't done to the other female characters and done her a disservice that she doesn't deserve. Um, There's a lot going for Maria that, you know, Heather's a fantastic actor. Um, I, you know, I think she works very well in terms of that sort of play out playing off other people. She works very well with multiple characters on the show um but i think it's the show that's failing maria yes, in a lot of yes. ways versus you know because a lot of people rightfully so because we're malik shippers and mary malik's heavy podcast have sort of questioned we feel like you're too hard on maria and i think it's more hard on the show about how what they do with maria yeah. versus the character of maria you're yes, wasting this yeah. potential this oh, character right. with a- astronomical potential right yeah yeah, I do want to make clear that I don't, I do not hate Maria, but season two, how the show posed. They set her up to be the villain. Yeah, exactly. They set her up to be that way. And I don't think they set, you know, I, th- I think they set out, but that's how it, it, it comes across in a lot of ways. Is, 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 yeah. It's not a villain necessarily, as in, but. The bad guy in the three. The bad guy in a lot of ways, right. Yeah, yeah because, and, and I think that comes down to, um, you just set up Malik's to be this cosmic thing and then you put someone else in the relationship. And if in season two you continue to pose to, to present Malik's as this sort of like big soulmate connection and stuff, inevitably the other relationship and the other person that is in the triangle is gonna come out in a bad light. I don't know. I also I just think like if you if you look at it the other way around, like if you had done, if you had given Alex a storyline where it was very disjointed, you couldn't make your mind up about what you wanted to do, and his entire characterization was based on his relationship with Michael, which kind of I is- don't know that I would like Alex that much. You know what I mean? He's got this right, whole yeah. dynamic of his family and his, this is what he's battling with. And he's got a characterization of his own uh, that hasn't really... I mean, it's taken some hits over the fact that you have to do some, you have to dedicate a certain amount to Michael, but not in the same way that Maria's characterization has. Right. Yeah. Because, because the, the thing is, I think 
it comes down to season one had already established Alex as a full-on character by himself. Whereas with Maria, she didn't have that base from season one. So when Alex lost a little bit of the plot to be more of a plot device for Michael in season two, it kind of still worked because we still had a foundation for him from season one. And, and, and it didn't work the same way with Maria because she felt like a lot of her characters still revolved around Michael and she wasn't really evolving from the role that she had in season one. I feel like that's kind of explains a little bit of my frustration with Maria, I guess. Um, yeah, I do want to mention that episode three specifically is... Is it three? Yes, it's three. Um, episode three is my favorite character, pers- favorite episode personally for Maria um, because we get to see her kind of all our parts, I think. Oh, is that Perfect. the one with Mimi? Mimi a lot? like It's the one where Mimi comes back and then um, she finds out about Rosa and, and she gets to be angry at Michael about for a very, very tiny scene and she gets to be angry about uh, with Liz as well. It does kind of get frustrating because then she's not in episode four, so it kind of, kind of fizzles out. But that's, that episode was so, so good for Maria, um, and I, I really loved it. I could do without the physical expression of violence, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Or right. of her frustration, rather. But um, yeah, it, that was really rich. And I think the, the decision to allow her to be angry as opposed to just being relieved that her friend is alive again, mm-hmm. like that kind of let it, giving her the space to be like, no, fuck you guys. Like, right. And yeah. especially with Liz as well, like you let her be angry at her, her effectively what you're calling her best friend, right? Which was, which was really narratively satisfying. Yeah. I, w- I do wish they kind of like f- for Maria specifically, she was the one that um, lost the most in terms of relationship with women specifically. She did have obviously Isabel, we've talked about it, but she didn't have Liz um, and we Rosa who was supposed to be her best best friend and they never interact show they, me they only briefly interact trying to save the kids in the last episode and that was it barely um, especially because that was the only the, during the flashbacks in season one it was only Maria and Rosa and that was meant yeah. to convey how close they were they spent the entire time of season one having maria reveal things to rosa's own sister because maria knew her so well mm-hmm. and then rosa comes back and nothing you're yeah. telling me they yeah. didn't rekindle this friendship they didn't that could have been a, a really solid base for the season how how does that just disappear and that's another one where it's like did season one writers not talk to season two right did you watch the show <laughs> yeah. Did you at any is there is that not part of the process where you sit down and say okay maybe we should watch the show that we're writing for I don't know and that's where it feels like it doesn't okay we've been talking forever so we're gonna move on to the minor characters minor female characters in the show um, but first up is um, talking about Jenna and hand in hand with talking about Jenna is talking about Charlie. Um, because their relationship that we didn't actually get to see very much, but the basis of their, their relationship and how close they are was, was one of my favorite things that's carried through since the very beginning is talking about Jenna's love for her sister and then meeting her and all of that. Um, I 
who doesn't love Jenna? I don't know. Is there anyone out there that doesn't love Jenna? I don't. I she's probably the most universally beloved character on the yeah. show. Like, yeah. I don't think I've never heard anybody say anything no. about it. And, and to be honest, it's um she just doesn't have the time to allow her to be yeah. an unlikable person you know but right. um i am glad that they just you know they're starting to introduce or they were at least in season two i'm not even sure that she's i don't think she's coming back but um they were starting to kind of integrate her into other storylines and with other characters and things right. which was nice yeah and she's another one you know not the jenna and liz scene was so good the very brief jenna and michael scene was really good oh. i mean the potential there I, was limitless and then of course jenna i mean the liz and jenna stuff was they could have so easily had them hate one another as some weird mm-hmm. well you i fell in love with max and you're dating him and blah, have this like weird fight over a really boring tall white dude which is what women do all the time and that could have been a really easy recipe on the show. And I'm very glad that they had a, that whole supporting Liz, being there for Liz, using her privilege for Liz. Mm-hmm. Like that's the shit that the show needs more of. And that is brilliant from beginning to end. Like the fact that Jenna was able to come in and actually do something for Liz and they didn't have this weird competition. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Jenna, Kyle, and Alex is also a legendary trio that how dare you just drop them? So good. The top energy that radiates out of Jenna and Alex when they're in the same room is unparalleled by anyone else. That's just so good. So good. They could have perfect friends for life. Um, and again, the key to why this show works is that it's all all of these dynamics are so good even these glimpses of dynamics that we get you know with jenna and with anyone are beautiful and they're perfect yeah let's talk about charlie though <laughs> i wanted to like her so bad i know so bad i just fundamentally disagree with her so everything charlie i'm i am so i'm actually kind of glad that the way charlie was introduced that she wasn't introduced as here is my transgender sister charlie yes that um it's not even hasn't been brought up we uh, we are assuming because which isn't even fair on our our parts really that because the actress is trans and that means the character is that's not very true it's not true at all could very well be i don't even know if charlie's coming back at all but i love that that did not become charlie's identity that it was Mm -hmm. really sister charlie first scientist charlie that that's the the most important parts of her yeah. But, but but they also met have made her say some things that much like Steph was this like weird Republican mouthpiece. Charlie saying the sentence, and I put it in, in the outline, anything that scares people is inherently dangerous. What? You had a trans person say anything that scares people is inherently dangerous. And not even qualifying to say people think they're dangerous because they are scared. The actual sentence, anything that scares people is inherently dangerous, whatever. Like, that's it. And I just jaw hit the ground. What? Yeah. Also, when she says when they're building the bomb and she, like, the whole concept of the bomb and the fact that she, okay, I I do get that she developed the toxin, I guess it is, um, when she was like 17, 18. 
Which, okay, you can blame that on being stupid or a stupid teenager or whatever. But she still believes in it. Mm -hmm. And then she says, like, um, imagine being able to target, like, Islamic terrorists or whatever. And, like... I was like, killing their children, killing everyone in their bloodline. Sure, that won't get in the wrong hands. And that yeah. that's what you should right, do. Exactly. And if she had been introduced to say, I developed this bomb when I was 17 years old. I'm horrified by it. Like, I don't... I was in a rough place and this was... Like, I, I'm now in a, and obviously the writing would be better than, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But, um, I'm in now in a better position where I understand that, like, that's fucked up. But she didn't, she doubled down on it. She said she was excited talking about it. Like, imagine yeah. what this could do if only it was in the right hands. Yeah, it could be a weapon of mass destruction. It like, is <laughs> a weapon of mass destruction. Like, this is legitimately like, I, I, I don't know it's so gross it's so um bush era excitement yeah. over killing yeah. people in the middle east and this like really gross i don't know they so very indicative of our country my country not ours you guys aren't american neither one of you <laughs> i'm used to having sarah as my backup um so indicative of america in general of this just giddiness at the thought of, of flexing by way of weaponry and and body count and that's it's disgusting and 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 all it would have taken is at one moment like you said if she had just been horrified at this or had had any second thoughts about what it means but none of that she she genuinely again just like with steph is saying these things and i'm like are we really giving like a a weird like warmonger trumpy vibe coming out of this trans woman's mouth like is this really what we're it's it was just it's wild to me is it not a little bit weird as well that nobody called her out on it no yeah, one yeah liz liz didn't say anything when she said that in the car about the inherently dangerous she didn't say really anything i mean she there was like they had a moment but it was no Liz she did not call her out. No. Yeah. I think that's the point, right? Like, I think it would have been, it would have maybe fine, but like, I would have understood if she had made that point and then someone else was like, eh, maybe Ray think about that. But even when she talks about it, like, even with Michael, what Michael says is, but what if he ends up being in the wrong hands, which he did? Um, and the point is, for that thing specifically, there are no right hands. No right hands. Whose hands? <laughs> that is There's the no whole right point. Hands. You know, like who who gets to decide what what bloodline you're gonna destroy next? I don't want yeah. anyone having that power. There there should have been a much what a wild thing to introduce into the plot and then do nothing with it, or nothing that really. Is brings up or discusses with the audience about why this is so terrible other than like yeah. michael's very meek bringing that up like it's not there was no strong argument against it at all from anyone ever and what does that say about the show yeah. again you are literally talking about one of the, this massive huge part of american history as being this warmongering country that just goes in and obliterates people you can't just bring that up and then not talk about it again what is that yeah. So we have next up 
um is talking about the moms of the show which i'm glad katie you put in your notes um because that's what i had in mind it was like all oh, the mommies you know because it's so interesting um usually i find i i love shows where there's a, a running theme of whether it be all dads or all moms or whatever it may be so you can really see the difference um in like and you mentioned in your notes katie that uh maria and mimi so vastly different than really any other pairing of, of mother and child um, because they actually have this very loving, very close relationship that of course is affected by her illness, but this very, and that was something that Michael really wanted from Nora mm -hmm. and really, and, and, and what Isabel is searching for with her mother, her biological alien, you know, whatever. Um, but then you contrast that with, you know, Helena and Anne, um, who is harmless, but you know, very, very cold with her and Isabel. And then even Michelle, even Michelle and Kyle and they're sort of, um, that Kyle loves her very much. And you know, they, they, their relationship is loving, but there's still always going to be that sort of division between them mm -hmm. trying to keep her safe. So I like that contrasting those. Yeah. I did love that motherhood was a, a big thematic theme for this season. Um, you know, even with Isabel's pregnancy, and that's why she kind of reconnects with her mom. Um, I absolutely love the moms in this season. Um, and like you said, it's it was so interesting to see like all of this like like this big spectrum of motherhood, and that just some some women are not fit, I guess. Yeah, well, look they're at not fit to be moms, I guess. Right. Nora and Louise, these huge, big sacrifices, willing to mm -hmm. do anything for their children. And then you have Helena, mm -hmm. who is inherently so deeply selfish that once you're that selfish, you cannot be a good parent. It's impossible. Yeah. You can never put your kids first. Um, again, I, I love that whole spectrum of motherhood because it's not fair when you have one, this is what being a mother is like. Because I can tell you right now, I lost my shit on a four-year-old at a soccer field today. I am <laughs> not all mothers are the same and not all reactions are the same. And you fail all the time. Again, soccer field, four-year-old fail. <laughs> I do it all the time. And so what I don't want is some motherhood, you know, the, the feminism of the nineties was this great mother figure that we're all sort of trying to, to get towards and like, fuck that. And when the show really shows that, there is that's not really how it works i mean you have people that out of necessity will sacrifice sort of they for their children and but then you have some that are inherently selfish you have some that are like Anne, who isn't necessarily a bad person she just may not be the most loving and warm mother she may not be she did take home two kids that she didn't have to take home that is a wonderful thing but you always see there's some sort of white waspy uh, barrier between her and Isabel um, which is very interesting but that's another one where she's clearly good she's raised two good kids but there is something missing there I think one of the things that stood out for me from the rewatch was that understanding that Michael and Maria's relationship may never have actually developed if it had not been for Maria's relationship with her mom um, mm -hmm. because they had been really kind of like Michael had been being very self-destructive, pushing her away and, and Maria was kind of rightly so not going to put up with that. And she was kind of going her own way at that point. And then Mimi went missing. 
and Maria started looking for her. And it was that feeling that that recognition that Michael had felt his whole life that someone wants me, someone is out there looking for me. Mm-hmm. He got that kind of um, confirmed when he found his mom. And Mimi and Maria were really the only other mother child relationship where he really felt that kind of connection to his own mother again. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that really brought them back together um, in a way that I'm not sure would have happened without that. So I think that was part of why they, they became really close really fast. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense because when you don't have a family and when you grow up without one, you're going, you're going to typically gravitate towards other families so that you can become part of them. And the closest thing we have to a family for, you know, is what is it going to do for Alex's family? Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be this, you know, Mimi and Maria who, even with all of Mimi's issues, clearly love one another. Like Maria getting into the hospital bed with Mimi is just so sweet and so tender and just shows just how loving they are to one another and just vulnerable they can be with one another this is you know that's it that's the way to be an adult daughter with your mother like their relationship so absolutely makes sense yeah yeah a thought that just came to my mind is that i do like that we still got to see um the theme of motherhood without it necessarily being about pregnancy though there is the pregnancy storyline with isabella and abortion but like they didn't make the actual uh, main cast, I guess, have those storylines, which would have been, I don't know, for me personally, I don't love those storylines. So um, it was cool to have that that theme, and which was very big in season two, um, without... Also having that theme without overtly shoving it down your throat of, yeah. we're talking about moms. You know, it was one of the more subtle things mm-hmm. that they've done which i didn't even know they knew how to be subtle but it's it, <laughs> and i don't know if it's an unintentional i really don't know but it's something that is very organic and that we've seen from the very beginning and 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 mm-hmm. seeing how they all you know even you know michelle valenti got very little screen time but what she got with kyle was added so much dimension to both of them and you know this idea of presumably a single mother do we ever no, his, well, I mean, he's dead. He's dead. Died, I'm afraid. So. Um, I forget. See, because it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but she, you know, he wanting to protect her because that's what they have now and all of that. Like that's it was a very sweet scene, as, as short as it was. Um, but it really, it didn't take much to give more dimension to both Michelle and Kyle, and it really came down to that mother and son relationship, which is oof. the scab that I can't keep. I can't stop picking at and I'm dying to know is Alex's mom. Mm-hmm. I know. And she so we, is I, an enigma. I, I am very intrigued and I think she'll be in the next season. I think, I think that's what we've, she may have already been cast or like we already may already know who, no, maybe not, but so she should be in season three. And so I think it should reveal, hopefully, I hope she's good. I hope she's oh. not an asshole. And, and, and I But also, oh, she left him there. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, she's like, not going to be a perfect mom, right? And so no, there's going to be means. this, this tension and like explain yourself. And I really, really want her to have like a deep kind of reason for having done that. And, and, um, you know, 
where why what's bringing her back now and i want to i almost want the reason to be very realistic of i needed to get out of there i had to take care of myself because i didn't want to die i mean i don't know how you know i don't know where they're going to go with it if they're going to make it that extreme i don't know if they're going to make it maybe she had some issues that she had to take care of you know i don't know so you know how to make it realistic without making her a villain just because she left because she isn't a villain just because she left we don't know her reasons could have been for any number of reasons she was very Um, likely in an extremely abusive marriage right 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 um so that that is the big the big question mark i'm super excited about so yeah i am quite ready to move on from louise and nora at this point from mm-hmm. there yeah. let let the existing characters deal with the fallout of all that right. on an ongoing basis but i'm very right. ready to be done with their part of the story yeah, yeah and I, I think it was it's frustrating sometimes as it was i do think it was well done we got to see some things yeah. that really filled in some gaps okay no more i don't i don't just because and maybe maybe they won't be in because those are karina's friends and she's not there anymore so maybe we won't have to have any more of the flashbacks narratively this that part of the story is over and so now move on to the dealing with it with your ongoing characters right i agree i I think it's it's probably like let the the the, i i loved the nora and trip stuff um i even loved the louise and roy stuff even though it was very very brief like we got you know those are good good things so just drawing it out now would just make me hate them (laughs) um so the only other woman we have to talk about is steph let's not do not make me talk about her again please okay so we'll just say that we'll see what holds season three holds for steph because there wasn't anything we got out of season two yeah all right guys thank you so much um sorry this one ran a little bit long but thank you to katie for for sitting in for sarah um we can already tell that was a really good episode so i'm really excited um we will have the next we will have this episode out quick uh, and then we will get to the the malik's episode next and we'll let you know Mm -hmm. about when that's going to be so thank you guys so much thank you hi